How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensen. Tim, how's it going, sir? Going good, going good. But no time to talk about that. We got a trade deadline episode. We do, man. We do. And we got a huge episode to talk about today. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into this by talking about our cover athlete for today's episode, our trade deadline episode, also known as season five, episode 23 in chronological order, episode 118, the Marin Hosa edition of the third line plug Sanscast. So just a little background about Marin Hosa. He was drafted 12th overall by the Ottawa Senators in 1997. He spent seven seasons with the Senators recording 186 goals, or sorry, 188 goals, 202 assists for 390 points in 467 games before being traded to the Atlanta Thrashers for Danny Healy in September of 2005. You know, it, it's kind of funny when looking back on Marion Hosa, two things that really come up. Yeah. One is just the overall arc of Hosa's career and what he meant to the NHL. Because when he played in Ottawa, he played Atlanta, he was known as this big time performer in the regular season, put up lots of points, couldn't get it done in the playoffs, goes to Pittsburgh. He breaks that, that sort of thing he had on him where, okay, he's not a playoff performer. He's only a regular season guy. He breaks that in Pittsburgh, leaves the Penguins, signs with Detroit, loses to his old team. So now he becomes a meme only to finish it off, becoming a three-time Stanley Cup champion with Chicago 2010, 2013, and 2015. Yeah, and that's the big thing about Marion Hose's career is it's just this arc where it continues to grow, continues to grow, and it's unfortunate that his career ended with a debilitating skin condition instead of him just kind of continuing this incredible career that almost seemed ageless. No, it really did. And honestly, even if you watched him in his later years in Chicago, like he was still a great performer. He still put up pretty good numbers anyway in Chicago. I know he wasn't the vocal point of the offense with the Blackhawks, like he was in Ottawa, like he was in Atlanta, like he was everywhere else. And when talking about the Heatley for Hosa trade, you want to talk about a trade. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when Danny Heatley was our cover athlete. It just what a polarizing trade that was, because again, Hosa fan favorite homegrown guy gets traded to Atlanta for a guy that we didn't know much about. But the one thing I did mention is, think about this. How often do you get a trade where two star players go the other way and it works out for both teams? Almost never. Although, you still have to think that it's a bit tough seeing Hall of Fame Marion Host, first ballot Hall of Famer, walk out the door. But, man, that 2006, 05, 06, and 06, 07 teams were good. That's one way of putting it. I was going to say great. So it's like you can't you can't get too mad at it, right? No. And honestly, if Danny Heatley came to Ottawa and didn't perform when Marion Hosa goes to Atlanta, and that's the thing I think people tend to forget about his time in Atlanta, is that he put up back-to-back 90-point seasons. He put up a 100-point season in Atlanta, the only time he's done that in his career. Yeah, because he was... The unquestioned guy. Him and Kovalchuk. Him and Kovalchuk, yeah. And well, even then, his seasons in Detroit, Pittsburgh, and 
early Chicago, early and late Chicago were equally impressive. Like he has multiple 70 point seasons, especially in Chicago where he was playing behind Patrick Kane. Yeah. And that's not a bad guy to have in your top six, man. When you have Kane and Hosa in your first and second lines that come on, how can you not have success on the ice? Right? Exactly. And even his short regular season in Pittsburgh, he scored 10 points in 12 games. Like that's nuts. It is. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. We're talking about Marion Hosa, and you. And again, we talk about this so much in the podcast because we're cover off the polls. You can kind of see where it's kind of gonna go with some of the names on the board. This episode, I did not know where it was gonna go because again, Marion Hosa hasn't played here since 2005. Tim Stutzla is a fan favorite right now. So that could have gone either way with the cover athlete. And I guess it really goes to show just our, the general age of our listenership. When Marion Hosa seems to still win it. Now, for me, Marion Hosa was my all-time favorite auto center right up until Eric Carlson arrived. And that's a guy, like, when I first got into the Sens, he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be – Marion Hosa is going to be great. And then they traded him. Should have known right then and there. <laughs> But at the same time with Marion Hosa, his career is so long that had the skin condition not ended his career, he his career and Stutz's career might have overlapped. Yeah, it could have been. And how exciting would have that been too, right? Yeah, no kidding. Because like even in 2016-2017 uh, on a Hawks team that just got absolutely dummied in the first round of the playoffs by Nashville, he still put up 45 points in 73 games. So I really don't have much to say about Marin Hellasa, but I am going to plug next week's cover athlete poll because once again, Tim, two huge names on the board for next week's episode, season five, episode 24 in chronological order, episode 119 featuring guest host Alex Metzger, the two big guys, Tim, Jason Spezza and Alexa Yashin. Spez is winning it right now. 18 overall votes. I think this is probably the most interaction we've got on a cover athlete poll so far. That's awesome. I think so. I think so. Honestly, regardless, even if Yashin won it, we still have a lot of stuff to talk about. It looks like Spez is going to win it for this week. So not too bad. I like it. No, we like that. We like that a lot. So Tim, as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, today was the 2002, sorry, 2022 trade deadline and that's what today's episode is going to be about so let's jump right into this talking about the pre-deadline trades let's kick things off with the Anaheim Ducks have traded defenseman Josh Manson to the Colorado Avalanche for defenseman Drew Hellison and a 2023 second round pick Manson recorded four goals five assists for nine points in 49 45 games for Anaheim while Hellison recorded four goals 21 assists for 25 points in 32 games for Boston College. Kind of hard to talk about these trades, eh? Because it's when you're talking about guys who are producing at the college, the collegiate level, we are still looking at a bit of an kind of a rough diamond, right? Yeah. And I guess when they don't come out of, you know, no DAC, it's not really anything we can really talk about, right? Because look at all the players that we've gotten out of North Dakota in the last couple of years. Yeah, no king. But at the same time, it's also just college players unless they're like obviously a star player it's a real crapshoot like 
for guys like Shane Pinto, Cole Caulfield, et cetera. Yeah. You know, they're going to be good, but for some of these other guys who get traded kind of around the deadline at this time, it's definitely tough to say. It is tough to say, but even guys who win the Hobie Baker award, they don't always pan out at the pro level. Remember Roman wick. I remember Roman wick. Who is that young Sorry, guy? Is it Bobby Butler? Was one of them. Well, yeah. who's that guy from a couple of years ago? And he's kind of bounced around the NHL. Oh, uh, Jimmy BC. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy BC. But that aside, I really like the pay- the price that Colorado paid here because with Hellison kind of being the question mark here, a, a second and a question mark is not a it's not a bad price to pay for a pretty solid defenseman in Mark Manson. Absolutely. And definitely for a position of need right now, because Colorado has been pretty thin on the back end. And one thing you're going to notice throughout a lot of these trades, Tim, is that you can tell who's going all in for the playoffs. And frankly, it's players who should be going all. Sorry, the teams that are going all in are the teams that should be going all in. Yeah, like you're seeing Colorado do it. You're seeing Florida doing it. Oh, my good Lord. But I'm very surprised that Toronto is not. Yeah, but I mean, when Toronto landed Giordano, maybe that's their thinking that's the lone piece. But I mean, tough well, to say, right? Yeah, we, we'll get there when we get there. 100%. Because the Toronto trades are hilarious. But yeah, for the price they paid, Josh Mance, that's not a bad price to pay for Josh Manson. Uh, models are kind of hot or cold on him. I think for where he'll be playing as a death defenseman in Colorado, he'll fit right in. The Colorado Avalanche have traded forward Tyson Yost to the Minnesota Wild for forward Nico Strom. Jost recorded six goals, eight assists for 14 points in 59 games for Colorado, while Sturm recorded nine goals, eight assists for 17 points in 53 games for Minnesota this season. I On his birthday, too, they traded him. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't get this trade at all from Minnesota's perspective because Nico Strom is younger than Tyson Jost. And I think he's the better player. Don't get me wrong. Tyson Jost is a very good defensive specialist and isn't the worst finisher out there. But I think Nico Sturm's just better in all fields. And it's a bit weird to see a team like Minnesota that's has to be in win now mode. Do like there's a few weird trades they did. And this is probably one of the weirder ones because in the next few years, Cap recapture is going to destroy this team. Cap recapture and buyouts. Absolutely. But you know what? I think at this point, Colorado has to go all in, not just because like you were, what you were just mentioning there, but also because again, you have Nathan McKinnon, who's been in the league for almost 10 years. Gabriel Laniscock, who's been in the league for almost 10 years. All these guys have been there for so long. And to the point, it's like, you got to capitalize on their prime when you can and thankfully guys like landis gog definitely nathan mckinnon they're signed to team-friendly contracts to put them over the top yeah and that's the big thing here is that if there was going to be a year for colorado to go on i think this is the year it has to be because honestly if colorado doesn't go all the way this year we begin looking at them like they're the western conference version of the trauma police yeah yeah you have all this talent, but you can't go far. Well, to be fair, Colorado has won multiple playoff rounds. 
No, no, I get that. Yeah, it's not quite there. No, I get it, but it's the expectation (laughs) versus what they've accomplished, right? Yeah, and like, this is the other thing that I just don't get at all for Minnesota is they facilitated a cap dump for Colorado and they didn't even get better that this is one for one. Like, I do not like this trade for Minnesota. I really like it for, I really like what Joe Sackick has done at the deadline. Let's be real here. Florida Panthers have traded forward Frank Petrano to the New York Rangers for a 2022 fourth round pick. Petrano recorded 10 goals, nine assists for 19 points and 49 games for Florida this season. Now, obviously when we get to the trade later on, it'll make a lot more sense why they did this, but. Well, the thing about Frank Petrano is he's a guy with, he has an offensive flair, good finish, and he's just okay. Def- yeah, he's okay to decent defensively, and he just got lost down the depth chart in Florida. That's it. That's all. And getting a fourth for your salary dump is pretty nice work for Bill Zito. It absolutely is. But like I said, when we get to the trade, you'll understand why. No, I completely understand. But this is a nice piece of work by Florida because not only does it kind of get something back for a player that had just wasn't very useful to them anymore. He was a very nice depth piece. It opens up room for some deadline, some nice deadline pickups, but it also opens up space in the future to maybe retain one of them. So Tim, even though we're talking about some trades, we do have a couple of signings that we're going to throw in here. Now, the one of the big signings coming out of the pre-deadline is the San Jose Sharks re-signing forward Thomas Hurdle to an eight-year, $65.1 million contract with an AAV, 8.1375. Hurdle recorded 25 goals, 23 assists for 48 points in 59 games for San Jose at the time of the signing. This is a vote of confidence from Thomas Hurdle in what the Sharks are doing. And you can kind of see what they're trying to pull together. Because even this year, Thomas Hurdle has had a fantastic campaign. Like, he is still elite at driving offense, and his finishing has been very, very good. But there's still a lot that needs to be done for the San Jose Sharks. And I don't, like, keeping Thomas Hurdle in town will help for the long term and give them something steady to continue to build around. And uh, they've just got a but there's a lot of uh, names that definitely need to be cleared out and certain things re-solidified. Uh, the worst thing is, is just outside of Brent Burns and um, Mario Ferraro, that defense is a mess. There's no two ways about it. And that. then they sent Jacob Middleton out, which we'll talk about later. Much but this good. does really affect the market because Thomas Hurdle, without a doubt, was the single best forward UFA. Taking him off the market drops the supply schedule, which increases the price that you're going to have to pay for everyone else. Unless there's some no trade clauses involved, which we'll get to in a bit. The Montreal Canadiens have traded defenseman Ben Sherratt to the Florida Panthers for a 2023 first, 2022 fourth, and the rights to forward Tyler Simiak. Sherratt recorded seven goals, 11 assists for 18 points in 54 games for Montreal. This season. I don't like Ben Sherrod. I think he is severely overrated. But at the same time, his numbers looked unusually poor 
under Dominic Ducharme and looked much, much better under Martin St. Louis. Perhaps Ben Schrott doesn't look as bad in the Florida system. However, that'll remain to be seen. What's very funny about this is that pick that they got from New York for Frank Petrano went straight to Montreal. So that just makes a very messy situation of conditions on conditions. Uh, I think this is an overplay because you've got a first round pick, another pick, and it, it's a 2023 first rounder too, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a deep draft. That is true. But you got to understand is that they're banking on the fact that Florida's first rounder is going to be low. It's not going to be a high pick. No, no. And it's a 20. That is, it's still the 2023 draft conditions to 2024. That is, sorry, conditions to 2022. Well, it's going to be a 2023 conditions. 2024 is rough. Like that's rough. That's rough. But yeah, it's maybe Florida sees something in venture out that we don't. Well, I think for me, the big thing, and I understand why they would try to go this. I do agree with you. I think it's a bit of an overpayment, but when you find out that Aaron Eckblad's on LTIR, that's a big hole that they missed right there. And I can understand why they want to get Ben Sherratt. Is Ben Sherratt Aaron Eckblad? No. I'm surprised they didn't go for Gio. Yeah, that is true. And they could have could have gone for cheaper too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is uh, Mark Giordano basically stated that he would not block a trade to any team. And because he was obligated to give a no trade list, he just gave the Seattle Kraken the bottom 10 teams <laughs> in the standings to f- help facilitate that. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a great haul for Montreal. They got like the 2023 first round pick that is aces because that draft is looking to be a great one uh and top getting a player that managed to get some nhl time in florida that's actually pretty nice as well like that's nice nice work by uh jeff gordon and uh ken hughes the Seattle Kraken have traded forward Kelly Yonkrock to the Calgary Flames for a 2022 second, 2023 third, and a 2024 seventh round pick. Yonkrock recorded 12 goals, 14 assists for 26 points in 49 games for Seattle this season. This is such a Sutter pick, eh? Well, I got a chance to watch him the other night in Vancouver, and he, he looked all right. Yeah, but it's like, I don't mean this is a bad thing. Kelly Yarncroft is just a very good defensive forward. And like he fits right into that Sutter style of grind. And if he gets the puck on his stick and he can get from a nice shooting area, he will put that sucker in the net. Like he is a great pickup for Sutter style playoff hockey. And I think Seattle got a pretty good return here, but I don't think, I really don't think Calgary actually gave up that much either. Like it's a second, a third, and a late end of a two years later seventh. Like it's a fair price, but a good one for Seattle. And I really like the fit for Calgary here. Yeah. And Calgary's another team that's looking like they're trying to go all in right now to finally get them over the hump. And they really lucked out too. 
because uh, they managed to get uh, Richards out of their. So this actually allowed them to do some addition by subtraction too, because this pushed Richards down the death chart and Vancouver took him. So this is some very, very nice forward core crafting by uh, Brad Living. This is a team that's going all in. And you know what? It's probably not even going to break them that hard. Because uh, the only, like, I'm not, sh- the only hard contract here is going to be Matthew Kachuk, who's RFA with arbitration. Actually, scratch that. Mangia Pani is going to be a tough contract. Like, this is a year to go all in. Because you've got Ma- Shillington, Mangia Pani, and Keith Kachuk with arbitration. Control UFA. But like Zadorov, Gabranson, and Stone are probably gone. Yeah. Sorry, you mean Matthew Kachuk, correct? Matthew Kachuk, yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be a tough... This is going to be tough for them. But otherwise, like Sean... They'll probably try to find a way to get rid of Sean Monaghan. Yeah. Well, he's got what one more year in his contract at 6.5, sorry, 6.37. Yeah. That's pretty tough. Like people are ch- talking shit about the call of white contract. Colin white and Sean Monahan have been comparable over the last few years. Yeah. And Colin, Colin white. Yeah. Colin white's been injured. That's the only thing that the only real bad contract Calgary has or Calgary has on the books, but I really like the Cali yarn crock pickup. Yeah. But especially how weak the West is right now. Like it's pretty, well, who's really going to be the top teams. It's going to be Colorado. It's going to be Calgary, maybe one or two other teams, maybe, but that's about it. It's well, all it's like, the heavy teams are in the East right now. Oh, of course. That's right. going to be an absolute bloodbath in the East. Like, especially with how St. Louis and Minnesota just fell off too, right? Yeah, and Vegas. Vegas might not even make it, right? Yep. But, uh, like, they are not in a playoff position by points percentage. Dallas holds the last spot. But, yeah, Calgary and Colorado are the only real strong teams. Remember, Los Angeles and Edmonton are pretty safely in the playoffs at this point. I like, still I still don't understand how Edmonton's still in it, but the West is shit. Vancouver's still kind of in the running. The Chicago Blackhawks traded forward Brandon Hagel, a 2022 fourth and a 2024 fourth round pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a 2023 first, 2024 first forward Taylor Radish, forward Boris Kachuk. Hagel recorded 21 goals, 16 assists for 37 points, and 55 games for Chicago this season. Well, Radish recorded five goals, seven assists for 12 points in 53 games. And Kachakuk recorded two goals, four assists for six points in 38 games for Tampa this season. This, this is a big payment. Like, remember when I thought that Barkley Goodrow getting a first overall, sorry, not first overall, sorry, a first rounder was an overpay three years ago? Yep. Times that by two. This is a big haul that Colorado got. Granted, I do like Brandon Hagel. He's a young guy, under control, and I think he actually does have quite a bit of offensive upside to him. And he is young at 23. But two firsts? That's larceny. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, it really is. But again, this is this is just going like you see all these teams in the East right now, and they're going all in. Yep. And Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish are pretty good pros. Like they're they're going to be bottom like bottom six players. Uh, Radish is might be a bit smarter than Boris Kachuk is what I've been reading, but two firsts, holy. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty heavy payment, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. And like, this is the thing is people were thinking that this was going to set the price for the forward market. And this might actually be a bit of an aberration. Yeah, have docs are traded forward. Nicholas Delorier to the Minnesota Wild for a 2023 third round pick. Delorier recorded five goals, five assists for 10 points and 61 games for Anaheim this season. Nick Delorier is fine and of course he looks a lot worse on the analytic models than he probably actually is so of course he went and scored a goal in his first game with minnesota yeah <laughs> so i think for a third the, the difference between a third and a fourth is it's still there it's not like the difference between a fourth and a fifth so i think it was a slight overplay for delorier i don't hate it but he's probably not the player i would add true now you want to talk about a team who added tim the anaheim ducks traded defenseman hampus lindholm and cody curran to the boston bruins in exchange for defenseman yerho vakanainen john moore a 2022 first 2023 second and a 2024 second round pick lindholm recorded five goals 17 assists for 22 points in 61 games for anaheim while Cody Curran recorded one goal, 15 assists or 16 points in 37 games for the American Hockey League, San Diego Dolls. While Vakanainen recorded one goal, seven assists for eight points in 23 games, and more recorded one goal, five assists for six points in 11 games for the American Hockey League's Providence Bruins. Hampus Lindholm has been pretty good in Anaheim this year. And I think maybe in Boston, when he gets to play with guys like Charlie McAvoy, instead of kind of guiding along a younger, some of the younger star defensemen in Anaheim, we'll probably see his offensive instincts return a bit. So I, I like the idea of this trade, but man, if Boston could stop signing bad players to big contracts, maybe they wouldn't have to give up so many goddamn first round picks. Yeah, but I got to tell you, man, this was just a big, big haul that Anaheim got for him. And Lenholm's a pretty good defenseman. I hope he does well in Boston, but I'm just looking at that going, damn, that's a, it's quite the haul. Well, the thing is, is Boston, Boston's first is going to be a high pick, like at least 17. Because remember, we now have, 16 teams that miss the playoffs, 16 teams that make it. So that first is starting to, it, it's starting to look a bit like a second, not quite there because we're still in the mid, the middle of the first round there. Uh, I actually don't think the Boston Bruins are going to make it past the first round this year. It'll be tough. No. And I think just, Again, it just it goes back to our to our comment there about how the East is going to be a bloodbath. Because honestly, because they always play the same teams in the division, they're going up against Florida and or Tampa. No, Boston's currently in the wild. Well, that's assuming Boston hops Toronto, because Boston's currently in the wild card seat. 
Okay, who would they have to play then? Either Carolina or Florida. Sorry, no, they're in the inner. So they would play the worst of Carolina or Florida. Like, that's worse. I would rather take Toronto than Carolina. I might even rather take this year's Tampa Bay Lightning over Carolina. Like, those are scary. But it's close because these are all scary teams. Now we're going to move on and talk about the big, big trade piece on the market, which was Claude Giroux. And the Philadelphia Flyers have traded for Claude Giroux and Connor Bunneman, Jermaine Robitos, and a 2024 fifth-round pick to the Florida Panthers. For forward, Owen Tippett, a 2024 first, 2023 third-round pick. Giroux recorded 18 goals, 24 assists for 42 points in 57 games for Philadelphia, while Bunneman and Robitos recorded 6 goals, 5 assists for 11 points in 41 games, and 2 goals, 4 assists for 6 points in 37 games for the American Hockey League's Lehigh Valley Phantoms this season, while Tippett recorded six goals, eight assists for 14 points in 42 games for Florida this season. You know, for basically having their hands tied behind their back by Claude Giroux, the Flyers got an all right package. This kind of reminds me of the Heat we deal. Holy crap, that Florida team is going to be scary. Yep. And I like Owen Tippett as a prospect, like as a young guy prospect. He is he's legit a good player. And uh, we definitely have not seen the last of it. We've not seen the max of his growth. No, it's going to be interesting to see how he does in Philadelphia. But yeah, Claude Giroux is one of those guys because you heard, I've, I was very positively sure he was going to Colorado because all signs and all arrows pointed to the avalanche. And next thing you know, it's, Oh, the Florida Panthers have traded for him. Yeah, but at the same time, I think Florida is prob like I don't want to jinx them because I want to see deep playoff hockey in a, in the city of Miami again. Well, Miami area. It's Miami Dade because they're in Sunrise. But I want to see that again. And this Florida team is just loaded to the gills. Yep. I remember at, when we did our season preview show and we said last year's Panthers team was the most talented team they've ever had? Nope. This is it. Yeah. Uh, our friends over at uh, Litterbox Cats must be so happy. Oh, my God. I know. I could only imagine what they must be doing right now. Especially because we heard down the rumor mill that Aaron Ekblad will probably be back in time for the playoffs. Thank God we do not have to play them, Tim. Yeah. Well, like this, this team is insane. Sam Reinhardt, Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Huberdeau, Patrick Hornquist, Sam Bennett, Claude Giroux, Anthony Duclair. As their top, sorry, Noel Carter for Haggy and Noel Achari as their top, sorry, Anton Lundell as their top nine. Show me the flaws in that forward core. Like people often vaunt like Toronto and Colorado's forward cores. This has them beat hands down. Yeah. And Sergey Bobrovsky's form has come back. Yeah. And that was the big question mark for last season. Their defense is looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brandon Monter, Mackenzie Weaver, Goose, Radko Goose. <laughs> 
and Aaron Eckblad. <laughs> and then and then uh Sherratt as well. And they're all they're able to do all of this while facing the recapture penalty from Roberto Luongo, buyouts for Scott Darling and Keith Yandel, and accepting some of Max Domi's cap for the three-way trade we'll be talking about at the end of the episode. Like, this is incredible. I'm absolutely speechless even thinking about the Florida Panthers right now. Like, if this team even, like, if this team goes deep into the playoffs, Bill Zito has to be up for some sort of award. Yeah, and to think this season started off with the whole thing with with uh, Joel Quenville, yeah. And Andrew Burnett just did not miss a beat. No, but Bill Zito, he's really, he's not going, because he's a first-time GM, so he's going into this not being cautious. He's going in this with, okay, I know what this team has. I know what I need to build, and I can do this. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is he did learn from the best in uh, Columbus, because if you want to talk about a GM who has a massive fucking pair of nuts. That's Yarmo Kekka fucking lining. Yep. And the balls on Bill Zito this year, you cannot contend with them. No, the only thing I can see them falling apart, they get to the playoffs and a, play, and a team plays very stingy defense against them. That's the only thing I can see that because if yeah. they can't score and or Bobrovsky can't stop a puck. Well, here's the thing is they've, they've tried to prepare for that too, right? Yeah. With some of the guys they've brought in, like that's definitely the rationale behind Ben Chirot. Like imagine you have this high flying offense and then your, your, your uh, bottom pairing for, your defense is a true shutdown line. So if the game gets grindy, you throw them out to also try to wear down the opponent so that your high flyers can just keep going. The Buffalo Sabres have traded defenseman Robert Hag to the Florida Jesus Christ again. <laughs> Trade him to the Florida Panthers for a 2022 six-round pick. Hag recorded one goal, seven assists for eight points in 48 games for Buffalo this season. Okay, let's throw Robert Hag on that again. We, we so, missed him. Here's the funny thing about Robert Hag. When he was part of the Rasmus Ristolein trade, I just thought he was another guy cut out of the Rasmus Ristolein's cough. Mm-hmm. This guy can cut, he can kind of play hockey. He is definitely not as bad as Rasmus Ristolein in TM. Definitely a grinder and probably isn't a positive shot impact, but if he's going to be part of your grinding bottom line playing mean minutes and isn't an offensive drag and is just perfectly average, mm-hmm. and he's doing that in Buffalo, yeah, put him on your bottom line. He's yeah. a great playoff depth defenseman. God damn it, Florida. God damn it, Florida. Now we're going to move our attention away from the Florida Panthers, the kings of the Atlantic Division, to unfortunately a bottom feeder of the Atlantic division <clears throat> our Ottawa senators the Vancouver Canucks have traded defenseman Travis Hamannick to the Ottawa senators in exchange for a 2022 third round pick Hamannick recorded three goals four assists for seven points in 24 games for Vancouver 
this season. I don't get it. Like, I know, I know this is a, an audio podcast, but I literally am just shrugging. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just, it's such a bizarre trade. What I've heard from people who watch the Canucks is that Trap, he burnt a lot of trust on the team for just some weird stuff he did over the last season, especially when it came to like, like his time with the team, time away from the team, vaccines, that sort of stuff. It was just, it was weird. It was uh, one thing after another. It was one thing after another. So they seem to be happy. He seemed to be happy to get him out of the room. But at the same time, people were saying that it was getting better as like his actual play on the ice and coordination with the team seemed to be getting better as time went on. Uh, Capuano seems to like him from their time together in, on the island in New York. So at best, we can wait to see. One interesting comment from Bruce Garriock suggested that Ottawa is looking, they will make a decision on Nikita Zaitsev in the summer, which to me suggests that Zaitsev out, Hamannick in. And with the way that Zaitsev has been degenerating lately, mm-hmm. that's probably a good thing. It 100% is. But the one thing I got to say, though, is that I saw the, all the reactions on Twitter. And, and again, talk about Sense Twitter once again, is that it's amazing how Sense Twitter's reaction can go from this team has vibes to fuck this fucking team, this fucking team shit in a matter of, what, three weeks? Yep. And I'm like, and I, I love as much as I don't like the, some of the deals that Pierre Dorn had made, at least he came out today and I told everybody, give this guy a chance. At least he hasn't even stepped on the ice with us yet. The worst that's going to happen is that he plays into next season and then he just leaves. Basically, from what I'm getting is that he seems to be more of a placeholder right now until a JBD, a Lassie Thompson, a Jake Sanderson, some of their young defensemen come up. That's the vibes that I'm getting from what I'm reading from Pierre Dorian, what I was reading But again, when we talk about the next trade, I mean, you can understand. And I get where Sense Twitter is like, you could have got this guy for cheaper. Yeah. Well, the other thing with Hamannick is... They're talking to him. They like Pierre Dorian made this interesting comment that they looking at the defense who are going to be available in the summer, that this was the best that was available. And I guess if you're assuming that like Klinkberg gets re-signed and a few other guys also just get re-signed by their teams, that would be the assumption. Otherwise, I I don't think Hamannick is the, the best guy available. And they're trying to play him off as if he's someone who could slot into the top four, which I don't think is true anymore based on how he played in Calgary and Vancouver. This is just kind of a weird pickup by the senators. Yeah, it is. But when you see some of the other defensemen on the market and we're talking about Troy Stetcher here in a second, but yeah, when you see some of the other defensemen on the market, you're just like, was Hamannick really the guy that we needed to bring in? No, but what's so bizarre about Hamannick is his numbers just took this nosedive when they went to Vancouver. So it very well, like he is on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. So if 
this turns into an Oliver Ekman Larson situation where it really was just a bad fit, then, well, we all eat crow. I'm not betting on it. He's 31. No, and that's what, and I'm, I'm trying to be very, I'm trying not to pass judgment on him because we haven't seen him play in Ottawa. He could be passable. He could be absolute dog shit. We have not seen him play yet in Ottawa. Yeah. So it's like, we'll just have to see what happens, especially because he just has been so weird in Vancouver after looking pretty good in Calgary until yeah, but, the last year in Calgary. But you know what, though? Maybe because you were saying that Capilano was very high on, maybe a change of scenery, Hammett comes to Ottawa, he gets that vote of confidence from Capilano where he's just like, okay, you can kind of put your mind at ease that I have a coach that has my back. He can kind of stick up for me, but I have to perform on the ice to make yeah. him look good. Yeah, no, that that could be a thing too. So like at this point, we just have to see how it, plays out exactly the Detroit Red Wings have traded defenseman Troy Stetcher to the LA Kings in exchange for a 2022 seventh round pick Stetcher recorded one goal one assist for two points in 16 games for Detroit this season and funny this is a guy that when we did our expansion draft for Seattle I said this is a guy that Seattle should have got but didn't yeah well it, Troy Stetcher is a very Seattle player like a very Dave Haxel player he is perfectly fine on deep, actually pretty good on defense. Not very good on offense. Has a bit of finish. Very Dave Haxtell player. Um, he's younger than Hamnick and he's been pretty fine under Blas Hill and he looked pretty okay in Vancouver. Yeah, the only problem is that I think the reason why I'm sure Ottawa went and got Hamnick over this guy is because Hamnick's a right-hand shot. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a, you know not a great evaluation if what you're needing is a right-hand shot, because look, I shoot right, but you don't see the Sens trying to get me to sign to a contract. Well, yeah. I, and I think this is a fine pickup for LA because it fills out their depth for a team that I did not expect to make the playoffs this year. No, no, I did not. No, you got to give LA credit, man. And, and they've been very quiet, quietly getting into the playoffs too. A lot of people have just been like, Oh shit, the LA Kings are actually in a playoff spot right now. They sorry, you mean they are second in the Pacific? Yeah. Nobody's given them credit for this at all. No. Although to be fair, they are just above NHL 500. Sorry, yeah. they're just above 500. Uh sorry, 34, 22 and 8 with plus 1 goal differential. So it's just it's a very funny thing, but a small run of bad luck, then they could get hopped by both Edmonton and Vegas and be on the outside looking in. So I think... And the other nice thing about the way that... I actually really like the way that LA has approached this trade deadline where they have not bet the farm here. It's just been nice little depth ads for very little of consequence. Yeah, and I think Rob Blake is really looking at this. He's looking at long-range game. He's not looking at short at this time. No, and I, I really like what Rob Blake did here. Yeah. It's a good pickup, good pickup. Very good. The Toronto Maple Leafs have traded defenseman Tyler Travis Dermott to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a 2022 third-round pick. 
Dermott recorded one goal, four assists for five points in 43 games for Toronto this season. Hey, do you want a player who's better than Travis Hamannick and shoots right? And, huh, where'd that third pick come from? Vancouver. Sorry, where did they get one of those from? Ottawa. Yeah, if Travis, this, this is probably one of the things that really set off Sen's Twitter. Because this is the second time something like this has happened where Ottawa trades something or helps a team out or trades something out of division just for it to come right back in. Ottawa could have just directly traded with Toronto and probably gotten the better player in Travis Dermott. Yeah, but imagine, but I'm sure maybe Kyle Dubas didn't want to trim Ottawa. Maybe that's, I don't think Kyle Dubas cares. Like that's like Kyle Dubas and the Ottawa Senators have done a lot, a lot of business. And in fact, I think Dorian and Dubas have made more trains amongst each other than Brian Murray had with any other Toronto Maple Leafs GM. Who did, uh, I'm trying to think of time, like who did he make the deals with? Uh, well, where do you think Zaitsev and Connor Brown came from? Yeah, We've yeah. done a bunch of minor league swaps too. This would be, I could, I don't think, Dubas would have a problem trading a third for Dermot in conference, especially to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally forgot about the, the minor league wins. I definitely knew about the sites of one, but yeah. I'm not going to say since Twitter isn't wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But this trade for Toronto is to enable the next trade. But I think we have to talk about some salary cap fun because Tay, how long did it take for Toronto and Seattle to fully clear this trade with the league? Several hours. Why did it take so long? Cap. Because cap is calculated every day at 5 p.m. They needed to make sure that Peter Mrazek cleared waivers. The goalie that they wanted to sneak along back into the NHL from the KHL made it. They needed to move some players to get get themselves salary cap compliant. Now, let's talk about some waiver wire pickup. Yeah. The goalie that <laughs> Toronto wanted to pull in to replace Peter Morazic, Hari Sateri, was claimed by multiple teams, including the Arizona Coyotes and the Ottawa Senators. Arizona being below Ottawa in the standings takes precedent. So this turned into a cap quagmire very fast. And I believe Toronto had to make a few other trades just to make the numbers work. Including probably one of the a future considerations trade that we'll be talking about later. It's true. So let's talk about the trade, Tim. The Seattle Kraken have traded defenseman Mark Giordano and forward Colin Blackwell to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for a 2022 second, 2023 second, and a 2024 third round pick. Giordano recorded six goals, 17 points with 23, six goals, 17 assists for 23 points in 55 games. And Blackwood recorded eight goals, nine assists for 17 points in 39 games for Seattle this season. Blackwell's an interesting player, but I 
in my opinion, of, of all the defensemen available at the deadline, Mark Giordano is the best. And the fact that Toronto did not give up a first for him is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like Gio's off, like Gio's uh, offense has definitely been tempered a bit compared to where it was in Calgary by the couching of day Hapstall, but his finish is still there and he's still quite good in his own end. So this definitely bolsters Toronto's defense core. And if Jake Muzzin gets healthy, Toronto's defense looks, I w- I'm not going to say great, but it looks pretty good because your top four is now Riley R- Muzzin, TJ Brody and Mark Giordano. And the Brody-Giordano pairing in Toronto was, sorry, in Calgary was very, very good. And to have that as an option in the playoffs for Toronto is pretty nice. Yeah, the big question mark still for the Leafs is still in goal. That's the only thing they got, right? Yeah. And do you want to talk about Leafs in goal? Because Toronto tried to get Flurry. The offer just wasn't good enough. And then the salary cap numbers didn't work either. Yeah, and then Dubas made some comment today about, I, I can't remember what he said off the top of my head, but I think it was something of the lines of, I can't believe that I made the public. And then the GM of the Blackhawks is like, you know what? I'll talk to Kyle in private. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just, well, Kyle's got to talk to Kyle and Kyle's going to say this. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty fun. Uh, but that's going to be the big problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs because unless Jack Campbell comes back and just plays the way he played at the beginning of the season and coming off IR, that's going to be a tough deal. Mm-hmm. They're stuck with an emergency loan goalie and Peter Morazic. So what looked like a reasonable goaltending shakeup at the beginning of the year for Toronto has devolved into an absolute unmitigated disaster. To add insult to injury, Freddie Anderson is having probably one of the best years of his career in Carolina. Yeah, he absolutely is, man. I mean, the fact is, like, what is his record right now? Because I think he only has a single-digit loss right now. Last yeah, I pretty checked. much. Well, remember, Carolina's only lost 15 games. Yeah. And Freddie Anderson hasn't played all of them. Like, that's actually incredible. It really is, man. It really is. The Ottawa... I'll talk about it. I'm going to move on and talk about the Sens trade here because the Ottawa Senators have traded forward Nick Paul to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Matthew Joseph in a 2024 fourth-round pick. Paul recorded 11 goals, 7 assists for 18 points in 59 games for Ottawa, while Joseph recorded 8 goals, 10 assists for 18 points in 58 games for Tampa this season. It sucks that Nick Paul is leaving, but honestly, I'm really glad that we are not going to pay north of three million to keep him. Yeah, because from the way that Nick Paul was kind of the language that was being used in the Ian Mendez article, and the way that Bruce Garriott was talking about the process, the Ottawa Senators offered four years by two point five. That is more than fair. Yep. And Matthew Joseph is younger, has a similar profile to Nick Paul, but it can also finish like a wizard, apparently. And I I really like Matthew Joseph's game, and I think that he 
might have another gear here. Yeah, it's just going to be a matter of how he's going to play in Ottawa, but also if the Sens can re-sign him because he's an RFA at the season's end. RFA with arbitration. Now, here's the thing, though. He probably wasn't going to get qualified in Tampa because of Tampa's cap situation. Mm -hmm. Ottawa, that's a blank slate. Ottawa has a massive amount of cap still to work with, even when you factor in both Nikita Zaitsev and Travis Hamanick. I, a deal gets done, and I think a nice deal gets done. I I actually, I really like this return for Pierre Dorian. And it's very funny when looking at the amount of salary retained, because people were making fun of that 44.5 number. I'm just like, come on. If we're talking about the amount of money that's on my mortgage, it's not a lot of money for a hockey team. No. <laughs> no it's really not man not yeah. at all. the arizona coyotes have traded goaltender scott wedgwood to the dallas stars in exchange for a conditional 2023 fourth round pick redwood recorded a 10 12 and 2 record with a 0.911 save percentage for arizona this season this is found money like this is the same as the mike riley trade last year a, a guy that arizona picked up off goddamn waivers the goalie just decided to be voodoo man for a few weeks. Dummy Ottawa twice. And all of a sudden it's a fourth round pick. You'll love to see it. And this goes to show that outside of an all-star goalie, like Marc-Andre Fleury, the goalie market is incredibly soft. And it really puts into context the wisdom of not trading Anton Forsberg. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that signing here in just a few moments. Then we're going to move on and talk about the Seattle Kraken have traded defenseman Jeremy Lawson to the Nashville Predators for a 2022 second-round pick. Lawson recorded one goal, five or six or six points in 53 games for Seattle this season. Lawson sucks. I don't know how the hell they managed to get a second for him. I've never actually heard of this guy, so I really have nothing to comment. He is uh, a guy. He was another one of those guys that I actually think he was drafted. He might have been one of the three guys that was drafted ahead of Thomas Shabbat and Matthew Barzell. No. Nope. Oh, he's a year after. No, because he's, he's uh, Jake DeBrusque, Saxa Surgeon, Surgeon. we're going to talk about later. And there was a third guy. I thought the third guy was Lousen. No. No. Okay. But anyway, this guy is just dead weight in the offensive zone, dead weight in the D zone, can't hit the net. Mm-hmm. And he got a second. It, it makes the Giordano trade look a little, the return that Seattle got look seem a little better. But yeah, like this is a steal for Seattle. I still don't know how the hell San Jose could, sorry, San Jose, Seattle could not get a first round pick for Giordano. That blows my mind. Sorry, Tim. So I'm just, I had to look up the 2015 draft. It was uh, Jacob Zaboral. Oh, okay. But uh, Lawson was taken 52nd overall in that draft. So, right. By Boston. Okay. But it's just another one of those players that Boston fucked up on. The fact that they managed to get a player to play from like a third or fourth round is pretty impressive. But no, I, I don't like this. I like this particular trade for Seattle. I do not like it for Nashville one bit, 
but I'm I'm not a big fan of their hand the handiwork that Ron Francis has done this deadline. No, honestly, and it's funny because even Katrina was saying this to me. She's like, "Does Seattle have anybody left?" It's it's just all draft picks, and I'm like, maybe. Uh, they have Jordan Everle. Yeah, that's it. Him oh, Jaden Schwartz guys. and Yanni Gord. They're there. Yeah, a few guys there. Now we're going to stick with the Seattle Kraken because we're going to close up our pre-trade deadline deals by talking about the Seattle Kraken who have traded Mason Appleton to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2023 fourth-round pick. Appleton recorded six goals, 11 points for 17, six goals, 11 assists for 17 points in 49 games for Seattle this season. You know what? Winnipeg knew their guy and a fourth round pick for a perfectly good depth forward. Can't say no. No, 100%. I'm a little surprised that. So Winnipeg's been weird this deadline, and we're going to really get into it for uh, the next set of trades that Winnipeg's involved in because they're simultaneously buying and selling for a team that is is in a weak Western conference. So it's a bit weird to see them in the murky middle doing a bit of both. But for going forward, I, I like Mason Appleton enough that I think this was a fine pickup for Winnipeg under a million. And I believe he's RFA. Yeah, so this is basically a trade just to get his rights back. Okay, Tim, so now that we just talked about the pre-trade deadline deals, let's move and talk about the trades that were made today. Starting off with, the Winnipeg Jets have traded defenseman Nathan Bulvio to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a conditional seventh-round pick. Bulvio recorded four assists in 24 games for Winnipeg this season. So this is what I was kind of talking about with them being in that murky middle, is they buy a player, they sell a player. And I actually don't mind Bolio here. And it's funny because this looks like a, a little bit of a cap dump for Pittsburgh. And if Winnipeg was just kind of accepting cap dumps, then you know what? That really, it shows that they kind of know what they are and where they're going. But the fact that they were just, they took a player off Ottawa's hands at the end of the day, it kind of confuses me. I'm not sure 100% what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Tim. I really don't know. So we do have a couple of re-signings to talk about as well. The Arizona Coyotes have re-signed goaltender Carl Fijimelka to a three-year 8.175 contract with an AAB 2.725. Fijimelka recorded a 10-23-1 record with a .905 save percentage for Arizona this season. It is what it is. Sorry, I flubbed that take on Pittsburgh on the Winnipeg Jets in Pittsburgh. Can we retake that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, so it's this is what Winnipeg's been doing. That's a bit weird. They've been selling a guy, buying a guy. Nathan Bolio is fine. I actually really don't see why Pittsburgh picked him up, seeing as he he's kind of a Josh Brown. So... Uh, I guess if you're looking for some toughness in the back end going into the playoffs, I could see it. But for a conditional seventh, that might become... Actually, 
Winnipeg only gets anything if the Penguins win three playoff series and Bolio plays at least half the games. So I, I guess Winnipeg just wanted rid of Nathan Bolio, and they got the closest thing the NHL allows you to have to literal coins from the seat cushions. Very much so. Arizona Coyotes have re-signed goaltender Carl Vigmelka to a three-year $8.175 million contract with the AAP 2.725. Vigmelka recorded a 10-23 and 10-23-1 record with a .905 save percentage for Arizona this season. I mean, this is another guy who's I've never heard of before. And here we are uh, giving him, well, I guess money similar to Anton Forsberg. Uh, he, he's played 36 games with the Coyotes this season and uh, posted league average goaltending at, during the time he's played in the desert so far. So I guess that counts for something, but this is just weird, especially because he is outside of this season. He is yet, this is the first time he's played outside of the Czech Republic. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never actually heard of this goaltender, so I really have nothing to comment. But the next signing, I do have some stuff to talk about. The Ottawa Senators re-signed goaltender Anton Forsberg to a three-year $8.25 million contract with an AAB 2.75. Forsberg recorded a 14-2-2 record with a 9.18 save percentage for Ottawa this season. They kind of had to, didn't they? They really had to because honestly, Goose really hasn't performed well. Murray's always injured, and the young guys just aren't ready to get into the NHL. Yeah, and it's really interesting to kind of read between the lines uh, of Pierre Dorian mentioning that Marilinen might get a game in Ottawa by the end of the season. And that really is a vote of no confidence in Goose, isn't it? Just saying, hey, let's give the guy who we originally had a goose's backup in the AHL some NHL reps to see what he really looks like. Yeah, but that could also smell of desperation too, right? Because it could be if Doran has another bad season in Ottawa next year, then you seriously consider letting him go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But Here's the thing with Anton Forsberg is his two seasons in Ottawa have been very good. And I, I kind of bristle at people comparing him to guys, guys like the Hamburglar or Mike Condon, because this is, this has been good play sustained for longer temporally. I don't, it's been two seasons at this point. I don't think it's a hot streak. I think that he is at the very least a serviceable backup which is the type of money he has been signed to. Yep. Uh, and I actually very much bristle that people throw the Hamburglar and Nielsen into contractual fuck-ups by the Sens because, one, Nielsen had a catastrophic career-ending concussion that literally nobody saw coming. Two, nobody really saw hip necrosis coming for Andrew Hammond. No. And we'll definitely be talking about Andrew Hammond at the end of this episode because he also got dealt. 
But we're going to save that till then. Now we're going to move away from the Ottawa Senators and talk about the Boston Bruins once again because they have re-signed forward Jake DeBrus to a two-year, $8 million contract with an AAV for DeBrus recorded 15 goals, 11 assists for 26 points in 57 games for Boston this season. This is very funny because after this contract was signed, I believe it was Pierre LeBrun said there's still tr- the trade request has not been rescinded. They're still trying to s- trade the guy. This contract might facilitate a trade and then they don't trade him. And DeBrusque is he's we've already talked about him once this episode. He's one of those guys that could have been Barzell, could have been Shabbat. And could have been Kyle Connor. Could have been Kyle Connor. And he's oh he's always been kind of weird in that he's on again, he's off again. And he actually like the early part of his career looked very promising. And then the last few years, just that that scoring touch just disappeared. Yep. And I think he's one of those guys where a change of scenery might actually do him some good. But Boston just has not seems almost completely unwilling to pull the trigger. Yeah, because there was even rumors that Ottawa was even considering going after him too, right? Yeah, and I guess they probably want a first for DeBrusque. And I first change of scenery trade for a forward? Nah. No. No, Ottawa's not willing to do that again, I'll tell you. Well, they shouldn't be willing to do that. Exactly. This Al Kraken have traded forward Marcus Johansson to the Washington Capitals in exchange for forward Daniel Sprung, a 2024 and a 2023 six-round pick. Johansson recorded six goals, 17 assists for 23 points in 51 games for Seattle, while Sprung recorded eight goals, six assists for 14 points in 47 games for Washington this season. Sprung, here's he's a very funny player because if you can attach Daniel Sprung to a playmaking forward dude just fills the net all day but he doesn't generate a ton of his own chances and for washington where their playmaking down the center is a bit light i can see why daniel sprong wasn't a great fit there but dude's 25 and i think he's better than marcus johansson i like marcus johansson as a player let's be real but I think Washington was better with Daniel Sprong than they are with Marcus Johansson. But Marcus Johansson definitely plays more playoff hockey. And Washington has seen both sides of Marcus Johansson. So I can see why they're comfortable with that pickup. Mm-hmm. But uh, at 31, he is a very different player than he was at 27. That he is, Tim. Winnipeg Jets have traded forward Brian Little and Nathan Smith's rights to the Arizona Coyotes for a 2022 fourth-round pick. This is a weird one because I forgot Brandon Little even was in the NHL. Yep, and that he makes hasn't two of us. And he hasn't... When's the last time he played? Did he play last season? Last season? I think he played last year, yeah. No, he didn't. No. No, he didn't play in 21. The last time it appears he played was 2020. Oh, so yeah, at this point, Brandon Little is, it's kind of a Datsuk contract. So this makes a lot more sense. The Phoenix Coyotes 
traded, took some cap for a prospect. And that's, that's all this is. And that's a very Phoenix trade because this is a guy who's in his third year. So he's in his sophomore, sorry, his junior year at Minnesota state. And he has 49 points in 34 games. Excuse me. And he played and he played on the U S Olympic team. So yeah, nice little pickup. Yeah. Now, speaking of nice pickups, Tim, the Chicago Blackhawks have traded goaltender Mark Andre Fleury to the Minnesota Wild for a conditional second round pick. Fleury recorded a 19 21 and five record with a 908 save percentage for Chicago this season. And this is a spicy little condition on the second rounder. Okay. It becomes a first if Minnesota makes it to the conference final. Sorry. And Fleury has at least four wins in the first two rounds. So. I like this pickup by Minnesota at a second that might become a first might become a very late first is a nice price to pay. Apparently flurry nixed a bunch of targets, including Colorado and Toronto. And I think Edmonton because he didn't want to play in cat in Canada. And he also did not want to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Respect can be given for that because he nicks Washington too. Yeah. So that's kind of the funny thing about this is that made Davidson's job very difficult. And the fact that he still managed to get a second is pretty darn good. Despite the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury was only the, was the second most difficult player to trade outside of close Giroux. The Minnesota Wild have traded goaltender Capo Kokonen to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for defenseman Jacob Middleton. Kokonen recorded a 12-8-3 record with a 9-10 save percentage for Minnesota, while Middleton recorded three goals, six assists for nine points in 45 games for San Jose this season. Middleton is a nice little depth defenseman, and at 26, that's that's just what he's going to be. He's going to be a guy who fits into your bottom pair might be able to play into the top four if you need them to. And for playoff hockey, that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were a little surprised that Minnesota cut bait so quickly on uh, Kakanen, given that, but over the, given that he's only 25, but over the past two seasons, he has been underwhelming in net for Minnesota. So I can see why they wanted to just cut bait as quickly as they did. The Nashville Predators have traded defenseman Frederick Allard to the Los Angeles Kings for forward Braden Burke. Allard recorded one goal, four assists for five points in 36 games for the American Hockey League's Milwaukee Admirals, while Burke recorded six goals, 11 assists for 17 points in 31 games for the American Hockey League's Ontario Reign. Minor league deal. Moving on. Toronto Police have traded defenseman Alex Biega to the National Predators for future considerations. Biega had recorded one goal, six assists for seven points in 31 games for the American Hockey League's Toronto Marlies. So this trade was probably done to kind of facilitate fitting Marc-Andre Fleury or making sure that all the numbers for all the other players worked, especially when they weren't able to sneak Harry Satari into the league. 
BAEG accounted for $400,000 against the cap. And the fact that Toronto is always on this razor edge with the cap leads to a lot of these weird ass trades happening. Uh, it's This one is of no consequence. It's just very funny. But at the same time, I think Toronto being overly top heavy has been to their detriment and is resulted in them taking Peter Morazic and Eric Kalligren as their goaltending tandem into the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Philadelphia Flyers have traded defenseman Justin Braun to the New York Rangers for a 2023 third-round pick. Braun recorded five goals, 11 assists for 16 points at 61 games for Philadelphia this season. Justin Braun has been one of those players who the models don't like, but at the same time, I think he's one of those players where his, his defense actually is the real deal. Like playing as a second pairing defenseman in Philadelphia, he was able to keep the puck away from his goalie more often than it came near his goalie. Even if he wasn't really pushing the needle in the offensive zone, he also wasn't hurting the team in the offensive zone. So this is a very nice little pickup for New York and it helps them in a place where the New York Rangers have had some issues and that's just playing complete team defense and transitioning the puck. Justin Braun can help with that all day. Nice pickup by New York. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the Ottawa Senators, Tim, because the Ottawa Senators have traded defenseman Josh Brown in a conditional seventh in 2022 to the Boston Bruins for forward Zach's decision and a 2022 fifth round pick. Brown recorded six assists for 40, six assists in 46 games for Ottawa, while Cision recorded 19 goals, 12 assists for 31 points in the 51 games for the American Hockey League's Providence Bruins. People are saying that Cision could make his way to the NHL and be a pretty decent bottom six player. The fact that we got something for Josh fucking Brown is incredible. The fact that we actually only gave up a fourth to Josh Brown to Florida back in 2020 and turned it into a pretty deep, a prospect that might actually play NHL time Mm -hmm. is an increase in value for Pierre Dorian. This trade, it tracks, it works out. I like it. And fun little fact, Ottawa has traded both defensemen that they picked up in 2020, Mike Riley and Josh Brown, to the Boston Bruins. And now you don't have to wonder which Brown an Ottawa Senators fan is talking about anymore. Because in the 2021-2022 season, Ottawa has traded around both traded away both Logan Brown and Josh Brown. So the only Brown left is Connor. Our favorite Brown. Yes, the good one. That isn't Charlie. (laughs) But yeah, so this cleans up the depth logjam a little bit. Although Michael Delzato is free. He has been recalled from Belleville. Uncle Deli, let's go. St. Louis Blues have traded Nick Letty and Luke Witowski to the Detroit Red Wings for defensemen Jake Wallman and Oscar Sundquist and a 2023 second-round pick. Letty recorded one goal, 15 assists for 16 points in 15 games for Detroit, 
Wachowski recorded three goals, four assists for seven points in 44 games for the American Hockey League's Grand Rapids Griffins. Wallman recorded three goals, three assists for six points in 30 games for St. Louis. And Sunquist recorded four goals, 11 assists for 15 points in 40 games for St. Louis this season. This is a very interesting piece of work that has been done. Nick Letty is a very weird player who, for whatever reason, he can skate incredibly smooth. He is very good at exiting the zone and entering the zone, but somehow he cannot defend or really attack that well. Got to be the one of the weirdest defensemen in the NHL. And funnily enough, he might have a perfect home in St. Louis because that is a team that lives and dies off their rush. So this just really hones in on what they're trying to do. Like, what a weird player. Yeah, it's super weird, man. Super weird. And then on the other hand, for Sunquist, that's just another player that's kind of just kind of fallen off the depth chart. And I think he'll probably play some decent minutes for Detroit. And he, he was with them when they won a Stanley Cup. So he might be a good mentor. Absolutely. Now, moving back to the Ottawa Senators, the Ottawa Senators have traded forward Zach Sanford to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for a 2022 fifth-round pick. Sanford recorded nine goals, eight assists for 17 points in 62 games for Ottawa this season. The Senators still won the Logan Brown trade because we got a draft pick, and it looks like Logan Brown uh, probably won't last too long in uh, St. Louis because he is in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch. What I do like about this trade, and it's very funny that in a media appearance back when Ottawa played St. Louis earlier in the season, Zach Sanford mentioned that he was having a hard time getting used to living in Ottawa because he grew up in St. Louis and there was a lot of stuff to do. It is absolutely hilarious that the Ottawa Senators traded him to the only Canadian city that might be more boring. Yep, murder pig. Yep. So, yeah, so if if that was the case, that it wasn't just our friend misspeaking, this is hilarious. And we've all said what we've said about Zach Sanford, that he's always been, he's, there seemed to be something there, but just never really came across. No, he couldn't sustain it anyway. Yeah. I, I still remember him scoring a hat trick in a game we lost. Yep. Very sense. Very, very sense. And the interesting thing will be, will Winnipeg re-sign Zach Sanford? Because at this point in his career, he, he'll be an effective fourth liner, but that's about it. Absolutely. Now we're going to talk about a bombshell coming out of Montreal, Tim. The Montreal Canadiens have traded Arturi Lekanainen. Arthur Lekanainen. Lekanainen. Montreal Canadiens have traded forward Arthur Lekkonen to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for defenseman Justin Barron and a 2024 second-round pick. Lekkonen recorded 13 goals, 16 assists for 29 points in 58 games for Montreal, while Barron recorded five goals, 15 assists for 20 points for 43 games for the American Hockey League's Colorado Eagles. I like this. I really do like this trade for both teams. Arturi Lekkonen is 
a incredible defensive forward. He's not the best to ever play defensive forward. Nope, that player got traded later today. But he is him and Valtteri, Valtteri Nichushkin are going to be incredibly unfun for other teams to play against because these are guys who can just throw a complete security blanket down in the defensive end, strip you of the puck, and push it the other way. And Colorado getting this for salary retained is very nice. And for Montreal, they got a very good return for a player that was UFA at the end of the season because Justin Barron looks like he's going to be a nice player coming forward. And a second-round pick, even if it's a 2024 one, is a second-round pick. Very nice piece for the rebuild. The Montreal Canadiens have also traded goaltender Andrew Hammond to the New Jersey Devils for forward Nate Scherznar. Hammond recorded a 3-3-0 record with a .920 save percentage for Montreal, while Shinar recorded 13 goals, 13 assists for 26 points in 43 games for the American Hockey League's Utica comments. That's more of an Albany player. That is true. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes have traded forward Johannes Yarson, Johan Larson to the Washington Capitals for a 2023 third-round pick. Larson recorded six goals, nine assists for 15 points in 29 games for Arizona this season. So Johan Larson has quietly been a very, very, very good defensive specialist on two of the absolute worst fucking teams this game has ever fucking seen in Buffalo and Arizona. Like we're talking probably like very, very good. And this is a nice pickup to bolster Washington's depth in what's going to be a very difficult series against probably Florida. So you talking about Arizona, sorry, not Florida running into a team that is going to try and grind them out. That's what Washington is trying to be. But I don't think Washington's goaltending strength is strong enough to actually do that. It's a nice idea. San Jose Sharks have traded Nick Merkley to the New York Rangers for defenseman Anthony Biedo. Minor league deal. The Arizona Coyotes have traded Riley Nash to the Tampa Bay Lightning for future considerations. I said it when Toronto traded for Riley Nash. Riley Nash, he's washed. And the fact that Arizona did this for free, it really, really shows you that he just doesn't have anything left in the tank. At the same time, though, maybe it's saying, thanks for the finished goaltender. Yeah. Well, sorry. Thanks for the finished goaltender, Toronto. We're going to give your best buds. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the guy next season. But no, Riley Nash is just not very good. The San Jose Sharks have traded forward Andrew Cogliano to the Colorado Avalanche for 2024 fifth-round pick. Now, speaking of a player who still has quite a bit left in the tank has been Andrew Cogliano. He's just one of those guys who's been very good at pushing play his entire career. And it's just nice to see him get another kick at the can. I've, 
I've always had time for Cogliano. I'm a little sad that he never came to Ottawa in the Danny Heatley package. Absolutely. And he's really going to fit in in Anna, sorry, in Colorado. Well, he is, and definitely going to be that very speedy bottom six option that the Avalanche are going to need in the playoffs. So, yeah, no, he is. He is a great pickup by Colorado, and he can move up and down. He can still move up and down your lineup if you need him to, even at 35. The Winnipeg Jets have traded forward Andrew Kopp and a 2023 six-round pick to the New York Rangers for forward Morgan Barron and two conditional second-round picks in either 2022 or 2023 and a 2023 fifth-round pick. Andrew Kopp is a very nice player. And given that Winnipeg had been kind of doing a take a penny, leave a penny thing, I'm a little surprised that they didn't just hang on to him for next season. He is a player that when you need him to play defensively, he can play defensively very well. If you need him to play offensively, he can do that for you too. Mm -hmm. And that versatility for a player in their prime is very, very difficult to find. And as I said that the Rangers have a problem with territorial play this year. I like their pickup of him. Uh, Two seconds seems about right. Although given some of the other prices that top forwards have gotten during this, this particular market, it might be a little rich, but for New York, I really like this pickup. Me too. The Montreal Canadiens have traded defenseman Brett Kulak to the Edmonton Oilers for defenseman William Lagesson and a conditional second round pick in 2022 and a 2024 seventh round pick. Brett Kulak is a very good defensive defenseman. But at the same time, I'm a little surprised that they traded Lagesson here. Although, at the same time, Lagesson's defensive issues have been known. His offensive issues have just really become a thing this season. So Brett Kulak is an upgrade over Lagesson. I just find this trade a little surprising because I'm not sure a second round pick. Yeah. I think this is an overpay because I don't think, I think the gap between Lagesson and Kulak is smaller than a second round pick. The Anaheim Ducks have traded Ricard Raquel to the Pittsburgh Penguins for forward Zach Ashton Reese, Dominique Simone and a 2022 second round pick. Okay. So I have thoughts about this. Okay. So first, Rickard Raquel. This is a guy who is a finishing wizard, but can't really create his own offense. This is a perfect fit for Pittsburgh. Because guess what Pittsburgh has in spades? Centers that can create offense. Like, and you also have Jeff Carter and uh, Zucker in the mix on wig as well, who are also playmaking wiggers. So now you've given them a trigger man. This is a brilliant Carter pickup. a center. Sorry, Carter Carter can play center and wing. Okay. So like imagine loading a hit like Carter up with sorry, Carter Balkan and Raquel. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. And admittedly, they did pay a somewhat steep price for Rickard Raquel. Yep. 
including an excellent underrated player in Zach Astigris. So we're going to talk about something that blew Chelsea's mind. Okay. So I was looking at evolving wilds metrics for players. And what they do is they do a standardized score where they take away the mean for each standard and divide for each metric and then divide it by the standard deviation. So you have an idea of how good that player is relative to the distribution in a standardized number. So a one means that they're better than about 30% of the population. A two means they're better than about 66%. And no, sorry. A one means they're better than about 66% of the NHL population. A two means they're better than about 90. Zach Aston Reese on preventing expected goals against has a six. That is frankly inhuman. But at the same time, his ability to contribute to the offense is like a negative two. The man, when did he what the man, the legend, Zach Aston Reese steps on the ice, hockey stops. And I've talked, like I was looking on Twitter of like Penguins fans talking about Zach Aston Reese. And what I get is that when Zach Aston Reese gets on the ice, he goes to his favorite place the boards grabs the puck and does not leave the boards. And that is a minute where just nothing happened. And I'm surprised that Pittsburgh got rid of him and they probably got rid of him to make the numbers work because that is a guy you want in your playoff hockey team. Cause just think about it. You've got, you've got five minutes left on the clock. You're up by two. You could do two shifts of Zach Aston Reese. Yep. And that's only three minutes of hard defender left. The man, the legend is gone. And I'm very sad. I think it's a slight overpay, but Rickard Raquel is a trigger man for either Crosby or Malkin. Who that is, that is hard to say no to, eh? Yeah, or Carter if they put him at center. Or Carter, yeah. No, and the Penguins was a team that I think a lot of people were just assuming that their their time was their time was done yeah but this is a team that even despite horrific injuries including a long time without crosby or malkin has managed to just continue being an offensive juggernaut and this is a team that actually is still scoring under what you would expect them to and tristan jari has just been fantastic even though they are not like they are just th- third in their division. They're going to be a tough out for, for the Rangers. They are, man. They absolutely are. The Philadelphia Flyers have traded Derek Broussard to the Edmonton Oilers for 2023 fourth round pick. So another fun fact, the Edmonton Oilers, now currently have the contracts to the top two senders from the Ottawa senders during the 2016-2017 season. Yep. How about that? And Derek Broussard at less than league minimum salary to fill in your bottom six. You know what? We like that. Derek Broussard has been better than he was in his last season of Ottawa. 
and like that season where he played for three teams where he was just like absolutely garbage that just it was a one-year aberration never to be repeated and he's actually been pretty good for Arizona and all the other teams he's played for in that period so this is a nice pickup a nice depth pickup for Edmonton and I I like them to come out of at least come to win a playoff round this year Mm -hmm. because like I I'm gonna be very real with you the Oilers should beat LA they should it's a matter of will they that's true so Tim you know we're gonna move our attention away from one former Ottawa senator to another former Ottawa senator the Detroit Red Wings have traded Vladislav Domestikov to the Dallas Stars for a 2024 fourth-round pick. So it's kind of become a deadline tradition to trade Vladislav Domestikov for a fourth-round pick. <laughs> Ottawa did it. I think Detroit, Detroit's done it, and I believe another team did it as well. But Rangers, maybe? Might have been maybe the Rangers. St. Louis? That sounds right, but no, this is very funny. But at the same time, Nemestikov has been, well, Vladislav Nemestikov, a pretty good middle six option, probably closer to the bottom six option in Detroit, just like he was in Ottawa. Good player. We like him. Yep. Chicago Blackhawks have traded Ryan Carpenter to the Calgary Flames for a 2024 fifth round pick. It's, it's another bottom... It's a bottom rung, sorry, bottom line player that plays Sutter hockey. This is just filling up for a run, man. Yep. The Calgary Flames have also traded goaltender Michael McNevin to the Ottawa Senators for future considerations. Uh, McNevin has played one NHL game with the Montreal Canadiens where he just got absolutely shelled for 20 minutes. Yeah, but he's a minor league guy. He's a minor league guy who will be Ottawa's backup for the rest of the season. There because you go. this is going to let Ottawa put Goose back to the AHL to maybe get his groove back. Yep. The Minnesota Wild have traded Victor Rask to the Seattle Kraken for future considerations. So this is the trade that really, really mystified me. Because, like, Victor Rask has not bitten as good as the man they traded him out of town for Nito Niederreiter. But this season, he hasn't been bad. And I think, I haven't fully looked at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure that even with Marc-Andre Fleury, okay, no, they they needed to move Rask to make cap space. So yeah, this is a cap dump. You know what? No. Well, I guess Rask has been... Has Rask actually been with uh, Minnesota most of the season? I'll have to check. But this is the end of that experiment. But here's the wacky thing. Minnesota keeps $2 million. I'm a little... I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. 
But I'll tell you what I am going to get, though. A three-team trade involving the Carolina Hurricanes, Columbus Blue Jackets, and the fucking Florida Panthers once again. So here is the trade as it stands. The Carolina Hurricanes acquire Max Domi and Tyler Inamoto. Columbus acquires defenseman Aiden Hreschuk. And Florida acquires forward Igor Krosikov and a 2022 six-round pick. So sorry, let's let's talk about Domi for a sec. Yeah. You know, and I, I've talked about this in the past about how NHL teams, not not even in the NHL, but pro teams in general. Yeah. They will put up with any headache as long as the player can play. We saw with Evander Kane, we've seen it in other leagues. But Max Domi, for whatever reason. Whether maybe it's issues in the room, maybe it's his personality. How many teams has he been through since he's been in the NHL? This is his fourth. Arizona. Yep. Montreal. Columbus. Carolina. And the funny thing with Max Domi is I think he might actually... He might actually stick with Carolina because Max Domi's thing is he's not great at keeping play out of his own end, but he, he can finish when he's got the right cast around him. Like that's the big thing about Max Domi is he just has a very good NHL level, NHL caliber finish. So if you put him with guys like Svechnikov, they're going to feed him and he's going to score. It's almost like the Carolina hurricanes are the jerk ass remediation group of the national hockey league. Cause they did the same damn thing with Anthony D'Angelo where they're buying low on these players and Florida managing to get a pretty good Russian player in Igor Krok in Igor Korshev. He's still 25. He has played one game in the NHL scoring a goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he might, he might be a player that, eventually plays for the Florida can Florida Panthers. So that's a pretty nice pickup. And as far as Aiden Hershuk goes drafted this year, 94th overall by Carolina. And he played for the USND NDTP and the U18 juniors for the United States and has eight goals in one point for his first year with Boston college. So yeah, the Columbus get a, what could be a promising young defenseman? That's not going to be too bad. The San Jose Sharks have traded goaltender Alexei Melnichuk to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Ford Antoine Morand. I don't have anything to say about this one. Okay. Now, I know you're going to have something to say about our final trade of the evening, Tim. Oh, we're not talking about Tyler Mott? No. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize Tyler Mott got traded. Please. The Vancouver Canucks trade Tyler Mott to the New York Rangers for a 2023rd fourth round pick. I I like Tyler Mott. Good penalty kill specialist. Pretty good low play. Pretty good bottom six player. This is another player that might help shore up New York's woes at actually conducting and directing play and not relying on the bread man to put puck in net and Igor Shatterskid to hold them into every game imaginable. Is there any trades that I've missed so far? No, that's the only one. Okay. 
Now we're going to move on to the final trade of the evening, Tim. The Vegas Golden Knights have traded Evgeny Dadunov to the Anaheim Ducks for defenseman John Moore and the contract of Ryan Kessler. They, so one of the big things that people were wondering about with the Vegas Golden Knights was how are they going to get all this money to work? Mm-hmm. Especially with Evgeny Dadunov not fully playing up to his $5 million. Mm-mm. This this is how they do it. They have to give away a conditional pick, and but they get much needed LTIR space and they get rid of John and they have to bury John Moore. Oh, well. Which is funny because this gets a, getting the John, passing the John Moore contract to Vegas from Boston via Anaheim is a very funny way to get a player off your books. So this makes the cap make a lot more sense for Vegas, but I don't, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Well, actually I'm not surprised at all that Vegas really didn't do much. And I think this signals something. The Vegas golden Knights might not be fully confident that they're going to make the playoffs this year. And when we look at their IR where they're missing Mark Stone, Alec Martinez, and Robin Lehner, I don't blame them. Oh, and they're also missing Pat Chirini and Braden McNabb. And Riley Smith. Yeah, I don't blame them. This is a team that They swung for the fences, and it looks like they might have missed. And the really rough thing for Vegas, too, is they're stuck with Petrangelo's contract. Nick Haig and Braden, like Nick Haig, I think, is going to be one of the bigger contracts that they're going to have to fill out. Uh, that Nick Law and Brett Howden, too. So this is going to be tough. And not a lot of money coming off the book, either. Only uh, Matthias Janmark. Basically, what you're saying is that Vegas swung for the fences and it hit the warning track. Pretty much. And Zach Whitecloud's contract is going to take all the money that they would have gotten back if uh, with Matthias Janmark leaving. So it's going to be really interesting to see what exactly they do. That is true, Tim. That is true. So, yeah, I don't have any more comments to make on any of these trades. If you just want to head off to the close for another episode. Um, what is your overall grade for the work that the Ottawa Senators did over the past weekend? Honestly, I give it a C. I, I think I'm a bit more generous, and I think I'll give them a C+. Plus. The things that I think they missed on, they weren't able to find a new home for Chris Tierney. They brought on Travis Hamnick. Yeah. They didn't find a new home for Nikita Zaitsev. But that's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Unless you send him to Arizona. Things that I like that they did. I really like uh, them bringing in Matthew Joseph. I think that's a very nice piece. I also agree with that. I really like that pickup. I like Session. I like the re-signing of Forsberg. I like the re-signing of Forsberg. Uh, 
and I like that they, they, they did get something for Josh Brown. They got something for Zach Sanford. So I think for the Ottawa Senators, this, I think it's a success. Allegedly, there were teams interested in Colin White. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't trade him, but I suspect he's getting bought out or traded at the draft. I'm going to say traded at the draft and maybe Zaitsev gets bought out. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is a shame because I don't even, at 4.75, I actually don't think Colin White is a bad deal. And I think if if he plays well for the rest of the season, and it looks like he, and he doesn't look out of place on a wing with either Stutzla or Norris, Mm-hmm. that's an internal solution to your top six problem. You still bring in another guy if the situation presents itself, but yeah, I, I really like Colin White's skill set. And when, when I compared him to Sean Monaghan, I think Colin White has, a, has more room to grow, especially with all the injury trouble he's had. I don't think we've seen peak Colin White. Yeah, because even when I saw Monaghan the other night in Vancouver, I didn't recognize him. Yeah, he looked cooked. But with uh, Colin White, he's been he's been very noticeable, and he's he's been good defensively. And the offense is coming. Yeah. I'm very happy with him. I think the only comment I could really make before we head off into the close, Tim, it has nothing to do on these games. Is and I just mentioned I was at the Flames and. Flames Canucks game on Saturday night. Me and my girlfriend got tweeted out by the Calgary Flames Twitter account. Yeah. How do you manage that? So basically what happened was that, so my girlfriend's a Flames fan. She's a big Matthew to Chuck fan. Yeah. And I got her tickets for Christmas. And I told her when we go, I was going to wear my Brady jersey. Yep. Fair. And so I brought my red Brady jersey. Yep. The day we arrived in Vancouver, we're at Tatuasin Mills. And I saw a black 2D Brady jersey. Nice. So I bought one. Uh, is it a Fanatics or an Adidas? Adidas. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So I bought one and I wore it to the game. And me and her had signs made up. Not as nice as the Zoob one. I'll give you that. But I had two signs made. The My sign says, my girlfriend wanted to see Matthew. I wanted to see Brady. Dot, dot, dot. Her sign says, so here I am watching Brady. So here I am watching Matthew. <laughs> That's funny. We were in the lower bowl of Roger Arena. Oh, which by the way, before this, we were in the stairwell going down to the lower bowl. Yep. I ran into former Vancouver Canucks grade, Kirk McLean. Nice. And it was just one of those things. We were walking down the stairwell. He's walking up. He looks at my girlfriend's jersey going, boo. He looks at me and he's just like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but... <laughs> And it took me a second. I was like, holy shit, you're Kirk McLean. So I got a picture with him and it was great and everything. And, you know, if you're from BC or from Vancouver or when it was a Kirk McLean is, we go down to the lower bowl. We're down by the glass. We put the signs up against the glass for pregame. Yeah. We hear this guy behind us going, hey, you guys with the signs. And we turn around. I turn around and it's a photographer. He says, hey, can we get a picture of the signs? I'm like, oh, yeah, no problems. We got the picture done. And we look at each other like, that's fucking really weird that the Canucks people would want to take a photo of us. Think nothing of it. 
And so we go up to our seats. We're in the 300s. And my girlfriend like aggressively nudges me. I'm like, what? She pulls, she puts the phone in my face. It's a picture of us on the Calgary flames Twitter account. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. One thing I did, me- I forgot to mention about uh, ranking the players is I'm really surprised they didn't find a new home for Uncle Deli or Victor Mete. Yeah, that was a thing too. I'm a little bit surprised about Mete. Uncle Deli. Dude has been killing the age. He has been killing it in the minors, but. He's maybe, back, baby. Maybe Doran didn't want to make that deal. Maybe. Although Victor Mede's agent was allowed to try and find his own deal. So that might suggest that there isn't a market for Victor Mete. The Ottawa Senators don't qualify him in the offseason and he just goes off to the K. That might be what happens to Victor Mete. Which even on Saturday night when they play Montreal, I'm like, Victor Mete still plays for the Sens? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see with, uh, with Uncle Deli up what I would expect to see for the Sens as far as defensemen goes is probably Branstrom, Zub, Holden, Zaitsev, Uncle Dell, and Hamannick. Or they push, they make the hell combo and they go Branstrom, Zub, which has been a pretty good combo, all things mm-hmm. considered. I've been very happy with it. Uh, Holden, Hamannick, and the return. Of the Zaitsev MDZ line. The I mean, hell line is back. I mean, I mean, we can't go any further than we have, so. Yeah. I mean, we might actually get passed by Montreal here. Maybe. I mean, they did get another point against Boston tonight. That's true, Tim. That is true. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to our trade deadline episode of the third line plug Sensecast. i hope you've enjoyed it because believe me tim and i love recording it for you we're on the national podcast network you find our page on national network you find our links to itunes spotify soundcloud and google play we're also on twitter at third line plays our twitter handle. tim is at m91 honey badger i'm at great white gipster gr8 w-y-t-e gipster if you want to choose an email to talk about our 2022 trade deadline episode Choose an email, thirdplussensecatch at gmail.com. Nice. Okay, Tim, so for next week's episode, which is obviously not going to be fucking four hours, where the hell this episode is right now. It's only two. <laughs> I know, fair enough, fair enough. But we do have three games to talk about for next week with Alex Medsker from Last Word on Puck. Tuesday, we are in Long Island to play the New York Island is. Thursday, we are in Murderpeg to play the Winnipeg Jets. And Saturday, we return home to play the absolute juggernauts of the Atlantic. We are going to get mauled against the Florida Panthers. It's going to be a fun week. Until next week, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Go Sens, guys. Woo!